0: Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I have a tremendous show for you guys tonight. A a show that um, is dear to my heart because I get to talk to my brothers that I talk to every week, but in an ACC Basketball Report type, unedited, non-syndicated fashion with my guests Eric Haslam, the founder of Haslametrics, and Sean Dillon, the sports information director for Rock One Hundred One FM in Lubbock, who is also the architect of the Rockin' Twenty Five, um, something I am a part of, something that has brought independents together to give them a voice, um, and 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 give you know college basketball fans an alternative to the AP or the coaches poll. Um, that that was our goal. Was you know. We have no, we have very few allegiances, I guess, um, other than maybe region and alma maters, or maybe some fanhood. So, um, I, I'm excited to have them on tonight, as well as the chimp. Uh, we went four wide, and because of that, we had to go with um, Google Meet, which is an online, an online Zoom call type deal. Um, th- the sound, I don't think, is fantastic. I just listened to the show. Um, and edit it down a little bit. <clears throat> um, I- I'm going to release it because I want to get it out tonight. I'm going to, once it's published on all the major platforms, I'm going to give it another listen to see, make sure everything that translates correctly, especially the volume level. Um, I know that that could be a problem. Um, when I upload this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye on it and make sure that it's okay. If it's not okay, um, Sean also recorded the show. He obviously has some, some more sophisticated equipment than I do. And if that's the case, I will re-release this podcast again with some better audio. Um what I listened to just now sounds great going through my board and going through my speakers, so I said screw it, I'll take the chance. I'll put it up tonight because I want you guys to have the show before it becomes outdated. Um especially before Saturday slate that's going to be absolutely loaded. So, um Here it is, this is Eric Haslam, this is Sean Dillon This is me and the Chimp We put a super band together on a Thursday night And talked about all kinds of shit College sports, don't forget like, rate, review Share the podcast, I appreciate you all Here they are, Eric Haslam and Sean Dillon Welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Basketball Report. I'm Michael Hunter at ACCBR1 on Twitter, joined as always by the Chimp at Carrie chimp on Twitter. And tonight we have the architects of the Rockin' Twenty Five poll, which currently has 18 members, I believe. Mr. Sean Dillon, Mr. Eric Haslam. How are you doing, guys?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How
0: are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing
1: pretty damn good.
0: Pretty damn good. Is that, pretty is that what he said? What's that? <laughs> I today, so pretty damn good. <laughs> oh. Champ, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Just happy I was able to get connected. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we are going four wide tonight, so on you know, four wide, we gotta go uh, new age, Google, which is where Sean's expertise always comes in handy because the three of us are the most technically incompetent people you may have ever met. Um, well, and I have, an, I have an engineering degree But we both have engineering Yeah, I do too so yeah. what, does that say about, what does that say about the
1: University of Wisconsin And wherever the hell you went to school Was it
0: Georgia Tech? No, it was uh, University of Maine for a little while And then it was um, uh, Eastern Maine Community College For a little while after that Oh,
1: okay, there you
0: go But um, I guess what we're going to do Is we're going to kind of travel around the country A little bit here Because the ACC right now is just kind of a crapshoot Um, I guess first things first, I'll go to Sean, Um, you know, you are, I guess, the original member of of the Rockin' 25, Eric was the first guy to actually sign on and and go with you, you know, how did that idea come about, and how did you guys make it happen? Well, uh, I I cover Texas Tech basketball, and
2: I was at a Texas Tech game, and I was watching a guy in press row. Fill out his 18 vote. It was pre-game You're just filling it out, and I'm sitting there, and he's. I look at him and I go, "Hey, you're an AP voter." He goes, "Yeah." Just looking at this, I said, "How many of these teams have you actually seen?" And he goes, "Well, other than and then I won't name it because I don't want to, out. But other than the team that uh, I cover, I really don't see that games. But the AP gives me these." statistics and who won who lost breakdown for each of the you know top 40 teams and i used that to uh help figure out i said so you don't watch the games went no he at one point had had a questionable poll vote from that just irritated the snot out of me so i left that game i was so frustrated because i was like Here's people that do not whatsoever watch the games have no concept of what players are. They just look at box scores. They look at highlights on uh, ESPN or Fox News or Fox Sports Southwest or wherever the hell they they get their sports content. And we're depending on these guys to pick the top 25 teams in the nation. So I called Eric and I said, Eric. I've watched so many great people on Twitter that watch the games that sit and are so intelligent and and in some cases more intelligent than the figureheads that ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC, CBS. And I think we can pull together eight people to vote and then build it as it goes on and as it grows. And Eric's was a, it was a voicemail message, so it <laughs> calls me back ten minutes later. Says, I know some people. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> I know a guy that's got a van. Knows some people.
2: <laughs> that's, how, that's that's how it started. And then every year, I've tried to find people who are the best in independence, who know their basketball, who are watching the games, and I can say, yeah. I want them to be of different regions because we've got people from from the Midwest, we've got people from the West, we got people. You know, you're covering Georgia Tech, which I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And with all those things, we have enough balance that in the end, we can
0: put together a poll that is even better than the AP. And in some cases, we have been better than the AP. Oh yeah, this is true. What uh, what was your initial reaction? Eric, when when you, I guess you listen to that voicemail, was it uh, was it nerves? Was it uh, you know it what? Was, were you immediately no, on board?
1: It, I mean, it was a little bit nerves because I was you know I was probably still in the early stages of Haslametrics at that point. Keep in mind that I probably launched that website probably around twenty oh I don't know 2013, 20, I want to say twenty fourteen maybe, and I was just probably in the early stages of starting out on Twitter, reaching out to my my fan base and. And Sean just kind of reached out and said, you know, hey, want to come on the radio and talk about this? And I, I remember I was working at my old job, um, the one I left about two and a half, three years ago. And I remember just kind of being a little bit excited, saying, you know, this is kind of kind of cool. This is kind of where I wanted to go. Um, you know, I just want to be able to go and talk about this stuff in a, in a, you know, be it a radio setting or a podcast setting or whatever. So this seemed like a pretty good opportunity. So I called them up and I was like, well, this they're down in Texas, and I had a buddy of mine I worked with, he's like, there's no problem with doing it. You said, you should just do it, go ahead. You know, you got the expertise, you know it, go do it. So I called him back and I said, I'm in. And and that's kind of where it started from there, and you know, today you got, what is it, 18 guys out there? Mm-hmm. And so, you know,
2: 18 voters. 18 voters, yeah. And, and that so, was, the thing is that we'd been talking to Eric Rocking pregame show in Lubbock was talking to Eric for a year, just talking college basketball and trying to get well. Where's the bracket? Where do you where do you think is going to be the top four seeds, and and where do you th- think the top sixteen are? And and so it was more. I wanted to get somebody who was an expert in college basketball. And what I did is I looked on Bracket Matrix, and I said, who is the guy who is in the top 20 that is not going to be one of those big huge names that is automatically sh- you know, shut me down and I found Eric and I went huh and I still have the initial email from from calling from uh, emailing him up and saying hey I've, I've got a radio show in Lubbock we want to have you on we want to talk college basketball once a week and he was just like oh, I'm not sure about this has... So at that point it was still
1: it was still the early stages of Haslametrics. metrics so I was just probably throwing out the analytically based bracketology deserves. So that took a lot of fine-tuning over the years. And I remember the first time I the first time I entered the bracket matrix, I went full on analytics. Mm-hmm. What I do now is I, I try to make the analytics predict what the committee is going to do, but it doesn't quite it never quite works out. I don't think it's possible to write an algorithm to make to kick out bracketology the way that that the selection committee is going to do it because they're going to use metrics that are not calculable, one of them being the net. You don't know the, the recipe of the net. So you've got to go off of whatever metrics you do have. You can load in the net, I guess, and scrape from somewhere and do it that way. But I choose to use everything from scratch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, over, and over time, I think you you have to kind of start with something and then go somewhere. So now what I typically do is, I fine-tuned that algorithm to get pretty close, but at the end of the day, when it comes to bracket matrix, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna pick the eye test. To a, I'm going to mix the analytics with the eye test and try to pick what the committee is going to do. Because I know the committee is going to look at the net. They're not looking at my top 50. They're not looking at the classic quadrant one like I'm looking at. Um, so I kind of do that last minute and just submit my stuff. And I've been successful, I think I finished something like six uh, two years ago um, there was no tournament last year obviously but sixth and the year before that it was something like I don't know I, I, I was top 50 I think but um, it was I've, I've had some success with it and it's getting better and better and I want to fine-tune that analytical side of things because I like that part mm-hmm. that's the part that is largely objective it's not 100% objective but it gives you a different spin and a different outlook on things this is why I like uh, I don't have a problem with what Ke- uh, Kevin Pauga does from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. He does the KPI. Yep. Some of his stuff can can get be a little outlandish. If you ask me, I don't agree with it, but I don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. I have a. I'm fairly gray. I'm a I'm a gray thinker. I'm open minded. I look at this and go when I and, and the same thing goes with our rankings. When mm-hmm. someone goes out there and they throw, you know, I'm gonna when we do our when we do our
0: recording, I, I throw some shit at some guys and I go, you know, you've heard with a with question mark <laughs>
1: question mark That's fine. That's more just the fact that it's win throw. If if the same individual had thrown NC State out there, I wouldn't have said anything. It was just I would. So, but (laughs) (laughs) I know you (laughs) would. Wait for it. But no, it's. I I like to keep an open mind about it and go. Everybody's opinion, it should be their own opinion. And my opinion doesn't have to be everybody else's and vice versa. Um, So I like that part of it. I like just throwing those unique perspective out perspectives out there. That's one of the reasons why. I brought Andy Dekoff into the into the um, uh, the Rocket 25. Uh, he was another analytics guy like me, and he does it a little bit differently. And We've had some conversations yep. uh, on the side that were like, wow, you have this and I have this, and that's different, and that's cool. I like that part of it, and I like the fact that we bring a lot of different perspectives, and that's it's, it's, it's a very nice mix, like Sean said.
0: Have you spent any time trying to reverse engineer the net and how that works at all, or do you care? Why? Uh, just, right. just, just like, for the engine hell engine of it, just, just why the fuck you, not? No, I, I don't think you can reverse engineer the net because the net formula changes. Anyone
2: who says that the net formula is a ironclad firm formula is a moron. And I'm gonna say it right now because the formula changes so much. I think they tweak it. I think it. But I will say this much: I think it's better than the RPI, not by much. But it's better. At anything. Yeah. I think throwing dice, you know, throwing darts at a, a dartboard is better than the RPI. Yeah, I think just, just taking
0: the penicillin instead of getting a Q-tip up my dick is better. You yeah, know, so. <laughs> hey, <coughs> um, yes, sir.
3: Yeah, I wanted to comment on the Rockin' Twenty Five, if I may. Sure. Because seeing this, I'm the only one on this call who is not actually involved in the Rockin' Twenty Five. Who is just a fan of the Rockin' Twenty Five. I have to tell you, it's absolutely fantastic. I've told Sean this, um, and for those who will listen to this that haven't listened to the Rockin' Twenty Five, it's fast, it's hard hitting, it's great information. It, it's it's an easy listen, and I think that's the best compliment you can give it. It's an easy listen, and you have smart guys, great information, good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more interesting um, this week. As, as Sean <laughs> Sean changed the format up on us a little bit And um, it, Myself especially um, I can't really speak for Eric But we got maybe a little bit too comfortable last night When, <laughs> when we were doing the show When well, we are doing the show prep I should say So you know, when we air the show tomorrow um, it, it made for I'm sure a long evening For Sean as far as the editing goes But um, <clears throat> good times As always what do we
1: have, 17 minutes? And I think one of your answers was 70. <laughs> it was, there was
0: a, and then by the time we got to question four, Sean's like, okay, this is going to be a two-word yeah, answer. Yeah, this is going to be there. a one-word yeah. answer, please. <laughs> because because <laughs> we used up our three thousand words we on questions one through three. So, well, uh, we blew through the first years question, years and I didn't read <laughs> any of the notes that I had taken and got confused as to what question we were on, because the answer yeah. that I gave on the air had nothing to do with the question that was actually asked so
1: yeah, <laughs> had 17 okay, it's, minutes it's and i remember heavy edit. <laughs> heavy yeah heavy it's he 17 minutes he said up front but and i'm listening to like michael's answer on question two i'm like i think this is 11 by itself yeah right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah good times
1: hey, that's, why, that's why i love you man i mean like i said you know this stuff and you you have that eye test Side of you that I appreciate so much. And when you get going, I'm. I, I. This is why I said you. And I always forget you're the you're the velvet tones, right? I'm the dulcet tones. You're the velvet. You're Del- the dulcet. Uh, velvet dulcet tones.
0: Yeah. Glad is the velvet tones.
1: Yeah. You guys. When you guys are on the show with me, the, with the women swoon not because of me, but because of the two of you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. You have the voice. I have, I, I have been told on Xbox Live that I have a fantastic voice by a group of girls that I used to play Call of Duty with. So I'm gonna take that compliment okay, and run with it. Um,
2: take, this, take, that, take that compliment from those thirteen-year-olds.
0: And... No, 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 girls. I actually know you fucker. Uh, <laughs> um, and these
1: are the same girls that are plugging you and destroying you from in Call of Duty. Is, it, is that what it is? These?
0: Uh... No, they're actually they're actually somewhat better than me at Call of Duty, which is kind than of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sean, is there a, is there a certain is there a certain place that you want to take the rock in 25 or is it where you want it to be? Is there any kind of end game for that poll or have we arrived there and, and, and you're happy with where we're sitting right now?
2: I'm happy with the people that we have, but I always want to grow and make it so it's better. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think if you, if you keep it where it existed at the beginning, we'd still have the original eight voices Mm-hmm. That were part of the middle eight of the Rockin' 25, and then you know the intelligence of bringing Andy or Lucas, or you know, you don't have, um, you know, Maddie and some of the people, the crew from the three man weave. Mm-hmm. I want to get people who have incredible, intelligent thoughts on college basketball, and they're not being heard by anybody else. I want to to shine a light on these people and make people go
1: wow where does this guy been yeah um i think i think think one of the the nice things about it is um why i appreciate this group so much is i think there's there's a there's there's very much a lighter side of college basketball that is really being overlooked and this is why i joke about and this is why i changed my bio on twitter this week and i said i take the anal out of analytics Because it's so, oh my, I'm sorry, there's so many analyst guys that literally want to song This is not curing polio. This is not curing cancer. This <laughs> is college basketball. This right. is a fun game. And I like keeping it light. You see what we do on on Twitter where I'm, I'm constantly giving Tony Patel shit about USC. USC. i giving Tristan shit about Pittsburgh. And this is the fun part about it. And I've, I've had people reach out to me more, more mainstream than me going, this is what's fun, we, I love the banter, I love the fun. This is what, this is, is supposed to be fun. And, and this is one of my issues with, like I said, from the overly anal individuals, they, they just, they wanna, they wanna take bracketology, and they wanna digitize it, they, and they wanna look at it all about the numbers, and it's all about being fair, and it's all about doing the right thing. And when I look at this and go, you know, there are better ways to, to award um, uh, you know, the auto, uh, automatic bids, than a team that gets hot in the championship week, I get it, but that 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 week sells. Mm-hmm. You know, the Elam ending. I don't know the Elam ending might, might might cut down on <laughs> it. Might cut down on on time of game. That's fine, but there are no buzzer beaters. Right. Buzzer beaters sell. And the thing about analytics, I I said about bracketology. Think about bracketology. What how That much that sells? How many people are out there bracketology? You know, put, uh, from. From Jerry Palm to Lunardi to Corsi, all of these guys are out there are projecting this and bringing in viewership by putting out there the first four out, the next four out, the last four in, all that kind of stuff. Why would you want to kill that off? Right. And and there are, and there are certain individuals in the analytics industry right now who are trying to kill that off. And the good news is I've known I know people who are in that that committee room for the selection committee, and it sounds like there's no imminent danger of the eye test huh. going away which makes me feel which makes me feel really good inside
0: yeah sure. i mean because as, an analy- yeah. as
1: an analytics guy i get it it's evidence at a crime scene it's not the end all be all of everything i still want he- the human element judging a piece of it as well that's my sure. opinion on that
0: no i mean, i agree 100 yeah. i i think <sighs> it's it's difficult for me to i've always been an eye test guy um I, I've always been a guy that will never trust a team that that gets forty percent of their points from the three point line. I, you know, I've never, I've never trusted you know jump shooting teams that play a six seven center. Though you know the the Golden State Warriors simply you know dominate that idea. But I mean, they also have a cheat code in that backcourt. Um, I've, when we did a, we do bracketology segments on the Rock and Twenty Five, I'm usually lost because I have no idea really how to seed teams. Like I'll read yours, I'll read uh, Lucas's, I'll read Andy's, and I'll look at the net and say, okay, this is this is how I guess it should be. Um, and, and for the most part, I usually agree. I think where it, it, the human element is where you get to disagree, and I think it's. The human element brings in, like, um, I guess, pace of play, uh, defense, and how you play, what kind of defense, whether it be a zone or a pack line or whatever, and, and what you actually prefer. I'm kind of a throwback as far as what I prefer. I like a big guy on the block you can throw a ball into and kind of work your offense around him. Um, some people prefer four, uh, a five out, and that's the teams they're going to back. So uh, uh, thankfully, the, the human element is still involved, and you can't go completely analytical because – I mean, some of the analytics just just don't really work for me. I guess you know we mentioned the RPI earlier. Um, there's another there's another metric out there um, by a guy who was kind of a Twitter terrorist last year. Um,
2: just don't. Huh? Just don't. It, 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 it belongs
0: in the trash. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it by name. I mean, either you know who it is or you don't um obviously the guys on this call know who it is but i mean that metric doesn't work for me and i've never really understood why it was being pushed other than it was his and it was his property and he owns it but no um anyway long story long i'm just thankful that you know the eye test isn't going anywhere and you were you were uh, gracious enough to to kind of share that evidence with us and i appreciate that
1: yeah and that's the idea so i i still want that human element involved again there's no such thing as an objective mm-hmm. a, a truly objective metric people are right. saying, well we we gotta make it objective as possible nothing's truly objective if you want to use a, a pythagorean method to determine who's going to get inside in, in the tournament you got to come up with first of all there's a there's a coefficient there's an exponent that you actually need to come up with that has to be decided on then you need to decide a rating system so you can calculate the percentages of who's going to win these games how is that rating system Factored in? Who, how is that? How is that decided? And is the data that goes into that system actually valid or not? These are all questions that, if the selection committee were to call me and ask me and say, "Well, we'd like to use your your metrics to to decide, you know, seedings," my first question would be, "Do you know what goes into my metrics? Do you mm. understand how they work? Because if you don't, I don't know why you're calling." <laughs> because that's the thing they should have to say I, I don't know why anyone would blindly trust anybody to say well everybody else in the world is using yours so we're going to use yours too I think there should be some understanding of how that's actually calculated um, before everybody goes all in on something and this is I think the reason why the selection committee hasn't gone all in on anybody just because of that because they don't actually understand what goes into it and it might be proprietary information I get it but if that's the case then you can't go all in on the analytics, and I wouldn't want
0: to go all in on the analytics. So I don't know. I know that I know that the net is what you've done. Um, Ken Palm is obviously a, a more predictive metric. I would say that yours is also more of a predictive metric. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, it is. It is correct. Um, RPI is resume built. I'm not really sure what KPI is or how. Or how. I know what it is. It's I more just re- go it's ahead. More resume. Resume. That's more, okay. That's more for designing for for uh, yeah uh, determining uh, seatings and qualifiers for the term. Yep. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's difficult. I guess I mean if if nothing you know negative against what you can do, but I mean if I'm going to go by anything, I would want it to be about what you've actually accomplished, not what you may accomplish later. So I mean. That brings you back to the net which we know is imperfect or the kpi which yeah, you know It is I don't know if it's how it's flawed, but i'm assuming it's not perfect or it would be more popular um So again, we're back to square one where we don't have a really a viable option to to solely right. turn to to make that happen um third base. What's that
2: Third base, it's like who's on first, what, right? Second, yeah yeah. On third base. I mean it, there's not going to be anything that is going to. If you're going to try and find the perfect, most logical, it does not exist. Yeah. It, there's a limit that will not exist.
0: Chimp, I'm assuming you're an eye <laughs> test guy. Do you do you put any faith into any kind of metrics, or, or, or do you have a preference of any, or just a guy that watches games and and draws his conclusions from that?
3: Well. Let me say this before I answer that I really do appreciate what Eric does and all the effort and work and, and that he puts into it. I appreciate that, but he's just too damn smart for me. <laughs> I, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a, I watch games. I fooled you, you. I fooled you. <laughs> no, you're a smart guy, man. And, and, you know, but it's it's watching games for me, period. Um, it's just all. I mean, I pay very close attention to the lines. Um, I'm doing that every night. Uh, but as far as looking at, you know, analytics, you know, defensive efficiency, none of that means anything to me. Um, when I watch a team play, I either like the way they play or I don't like the way they play. Loyola, Chicago's a great example. I've kind of been on them for a few weeks, as Eric will attest. Um, I, I like the way they play. I like the offense they run. I like Cameron Kr- Uh That's the way I look at things. I, I just – the numbers – as far as the analytics, they don't mean anything to me. The lines mean mean a lot to me. What what Vegas has to say, and watching games. That's it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly of the same way. Except I'm shit. You know, it's it's funny because I am a I am a a, a preview writer. I, I write preview sheets for games based on Vegas information and. I still sometimes will flat out read a line backwards, I guess, or what it's suggesting. It's a it's a honed skill that I've yet to, hey, that I have yet to uh, to kind of figure out over the years. So,
3: and that's really the 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 thing that I'm probably best at is is being able to read lines. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. I, I I'm not, you know, I can't tell you who. Has the best field goal percentage, or blah blah blah, this that. But you put some lines in front of me, and you know, I can I can can go to work and, and do something with that.
0: Yeah, and when I when I write the when I write the preview the re- pages, I've got part seven part. screens open. <laughs> I've got all the information. Um, I guess we'll we'll kind of get to get. Um, we'll get to the basketball here a little bit more. Um. Sean, I'll start with you. Five national title contenders. Um, for those who, who may not know, Sean uh, works in sports information in Lubbock, Texas, uh, for a station that covers Texas Tech. Eric is you know, a native of Wisconsin. I believe went to Wisconsin. Is that correct, Eric? This is correct.
1: I grew up in Milwaukee, and then I moved, went to Madison. Uh, went about 100 miles west to go
0: to Madison, and then I've been in the Madison area since the uh, mid-90s. So... I'll start with Sean. Sean, let's do five national title contenders for you, your top five national title contenders in college basketball, and then we'll get Eric's opinion on the matter as well. I'll go from there. I'm going to give you, there's only two names on my list. Two yeah. names
2: and two names. only. I'm going to start out with the three people, the three teams, that if you have money down on these teams You are giving your money away.
1: If you have money on Iowa winning the National
0: Challenge. Oh, come on. You know I love Iowa.
1: Uh, Iowa But Sean loves giving Iowa fans a lot of shit. There's (laughs) no better joy in my world than when Iowa loses. The last two losses, Iowa, uh, one of the Iowa followers, come on, come on, fight me, get angry. No, wait, wait, wait. What's what's better, an Iowa loss or a Kansas loss? Yes. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. Next on my list of,
2: of teams that won't make it, Creighton. Creighton's I agree. Falling apart, and I'm going to give a Big Twelve team that will not make the national championship. You cannot trust Shaka Smart, and you cannot right. trust Texas. Not here. Not now. Not ever. Shaka Smart, Texas, Iowa, Creighton. Just if you have those winning the national championship. Thanks for donating your money to them.
0: <laughs> That's how they build palaces in the desert. Train.
2: <laughs> I will not trust Chaka Smart in a train. I will not trust Chaka Smart in a plane. I trust Chaka Smart as much as I trust Marquette. And everyone knows you can't trust Marquette. <laughs> my two teams from the National Championship, and they'll be on the opposite sides of the, of the bracket if the NCAA is smart.
0: Which they are. Be
2: Baylor. And Baylor is my number one vote right now for my rocking 25 Gonzaga is number two and everyone goes how can you say that and the thing is is that Gonzaga plays in a weak conference they they aren't tested yes they have played great non-conference games but they are dominating that non-conference could they do as well in a big 12 conference could they do this well with the grind of the Big Ten. I'm not sure.
0: They could they could do this well this year in the ACC. Oh I'm
2: sorry, Kansas State
0: would do well in the ACC this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's the most fucking asinine statement I've ever heard in my fucking life. I was gonna
1: say that's no that's a hot take. <laughs> Although I don't think Kansas State could compete in the MEAC Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Eric can we get a serious Alright all right. I know I'm being a little tongue in cheek Of course they could Because the MIAC is terrible But you know what I mean It's I mean What did I say today Sean What were they rated 210th in the country Kansas State Kansas Are they Kansas really no, Yeah bad, Wow they're, like, they're only like five behind Iowa State I, There's two teams in the Big 12 That are dragging the entire conference strength down
0: So what you're saying is Iowa We can't State take Kansas the Big 12 State. very seriously
1: Oh no
2: you can't You can take the Big like, <laughs> 12
0: Eric, can we get a can we get a serious answer? Can we can we get a real answer from you since Sean's not taking this exercise seriously?
2: Oh God! I'm no, not I'm not. It's, it, is, it is simple and easy. It is Baylor and Gonzaga, and if you're trying to consider anyone else, you're throwing your money away. They are heads and tails above and beyond, better than any other team. They're better than Michigan. They're better than Virginia. Yeah. The only team that I think. That could join those two is Alabama. Alabama's on a smoker right now, mm-hmm. and Villanova—they eh, didn't really look good. And Houston, I was really hot on Houston until. Me too. Boy, that Eastern Carolina loss.
0: <laughs> so,
2: but yeah, so that's why I think that you can only you could only really look at Gonzaga, Baylor, and maybe Alabama.
0: Uh, You mentioned something in your comments that we're going to get back to in just a second. Um, Eric, go ahead and give me your five, and then I'm I'm going to throw a question here that has to do with an actual ACC team.
1: Well, I'm inclined to agree that when it comes to it, it's going to be Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, And it seems like even if one gets tripped up along the way, the other one is destined to land there. That's my opinion. I think it's Gonzaga. I do think it's Gonzaga. Uh, we talked about this last night. I think there's Gonzaga has another gear that you don't often see. But when they choose to turn it on, they're going to they're gonna turn on that gear. And that's my opinion. I think Gonzaga is the team to beat this year. Uh, if Gonzaga slips up, it's Baylor's championship to win. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I'm, I'm not – you know, I it, it's been too long since I've seen Michigan. It feels like forever since I've seen Michigan. Yep. But Michigan has a relatively complete team. I just don't think they – it mm-hmm. much like – uh, I, and Kansas is lower down the list, I get this, but um, it just seems like they don't have the alpha, uh, the alphas that Gonzaga and Baylor do. It just doesn't seem to me that Michigan can pull that. I love what, they, what what Hunter Dickinson has come in and done for Michigan this year has been a godsend for the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem relatively complete. I think that's a team that could go somewhere. I'm not going to rule out Virginia. I said this before, I said everybody wrote out Virginia. When they got blown out by Gonzaga, and said, "See, they were never that good to begin with." Well, what did they end up doing, they went up and won something like seven or eight straight after that. Uh, I give it another crack at Gonzaga. I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I said the same thing about Iowa. And then there's the wild card. I, you know, I was going to say Villanova. Uh, I'm, I just can't do it for Villanova this year. It's just my—I I just don't see it. The team that's the wild card is going to be Illinois. Because Illinois is, but the problem with Illinois is Illinois is a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. Illinois is also a first day exit team, right. in my opinion. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Illinois this year. If they make a run, they have that one two punch with the Sumu and Coburn. Not to mention they have the supporting cast there that can do it. The question is, again, I could see them flaming
0: out just like Michigan State did with with Denzel Valentine that year with uh, Middle Tennessee. With Middle Tennessee fades. Yeah. I could see
1: Illinois flaming out on day one, and it depends. Are they going to land in the four line? Are they going to land in the five line? If they land, they have some bad luck and end on the five line. They're going to be fodder for a 12-seat, 12 12 possibly. But that's kind of my wild card. The X factor would be Illinois. If you told me Illinois goes to the final four, yeah, not surprising at all, but I could also see them losing in round one.
0: So, you know, Sean mentioned Virginia. I wanted to get back to them. Here's the thing. You lose to San Francisco second game of the year by one on a neutral floor, whatever. That shit happens. Happens all the time. Um, you know, the the Gonzaga blowout, I mean, after what we had seen from Gonzaga, was it really that surprising? I, I don't really think so. Now, you mentioned one, two, three, four, seven games in a row that they won. Here are the teams they beat in those seven games. Notre Dame, at, uh, at, on at, at, Jesus Christ, at Notre Dame. <laughs> um, Wake Forest at home, Boston College in Chestnut Hill, Notre Dame again, Clemson when Clemson was playing fairly well. I want to say that was right before the Clemson pause. No, I'm sorry, that was right after. That was, was their first game back from being on COVID pause. Um, Georgia Tech in a game where G Tech basically had the game one and shit it down their leg in the last minute of the game. And then Syracuse at home when they just torched the orange. Now, they go out and they lay a fifty-one spot, you know, on the road in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech, in-state rivalry, local rivalry. Um, I, how do you? How do you? I was ready to go all out and push all the chips in the middle of the table as far as Virginia goes, winning the ACC and and being the best team in the league, and then they go out and they have a performance like that last Saturday. What what kind of impact for you, Eric, does does the loss to Virginia Tech in that sort of fashion have? It, well, I'll, obviously not much because you still think they're one of the top five, top six contenders for the for the league. But does that give you pause when you're evaluating them?
1: Well, a couple things. Uh, Virginia Tech is a better team than a lot of people suspected they would be. In fact, that was kind of the fly in the ointment for my analytics this year. I think based on who was, who came back and who was the contributors. I think they landed 13th in my preseason rankings. That was the one that really kind of, you know, I looked at it and said, that's the odd one. That's mm-hmm. the oddball." ball. There's always kind of an oddball. And then, sure enough, they come out on their first game and they beat Villanova, and they go, well, maybe the analytics knew something. And to a certain degree, I think they do, but they've, they've fallen off, and they're down, they're down to 40th right now in my analytics in the performance rankings. The thing about uh, Virginia is you're, you're absolutely right. It's that It's the, it's the quadrants... Um, if you look at the Quadrant records right now for Virginia, I think, uh, and on, on my side I only track the Classic Quadrant, which is the RPI, but they're 1-2 and two against Classic Quadrant 1, so you're right, they haven't had the impact victories. But where they've risen as high as they have in the performance rankings is because they're playing these teams, given the, the, perform, the teams they're given, they're, out, they're outperforming the expectation. And that's what I've always said about performance rankings, you could schedule the worst teams in the world, but if you're winning the games by 100 points in the first half, of course you're going you're gonna to fly to the top because you're going to outperform other teams that are playing that same opponent. And that's how you rise as high as you do. So I think Virginia, after they took it on the chin from Gonzaga, I think they fell down to something like, oh, I, I, I believe they were 19th. They got all the way down to 19th. And then all of a sudden they had a that really nice game against Clemson where they beat Clemson by 35. And, and ever since then, they've been back in that top five or so. Um, I, I think they're just that team that is going to screw people up. You know that, that they have that defense that can turn out when they want to. And if they get hot and, and Virginia builds a lead of, say, nine points over, say, a Baylor, that's, that's tough to overcome mm-hmm. when, you're, when a Virginia team builds a nine-point lead because it feels like it's about 15 at that point because of that pace they run. They wear you down. They grind you down. And that's what Tony Bennett does. That's how he, that's how he succeeds. Um, so I still think they have that ability, but I get it. At the same time, I look at this and go, yeah, I mean, if you, you've seen Virginia at their best Uh, a few years ago when they were 31 and two, Mm -hmm. they won the the ACC regular season championship. They win the ACC uh, tournament championship and they go out there and lose by 20. The UMBC, it can never really, you never know what you're going to get then the following year they win the championship. Um, Really tricky. Um, if you fall behind uh, using that kind of style, it, it becomes a problem. You saw that with Gonzaga; they fell down to Gonzaga, and all of a sudden, what do you do when you're down twenty? A Virginia team has to throw on a 4 court press. That doesn't work very well. That's not their mo. Right. But at the same time, they build a lead, and it's it. You know, like I said, you can make a nine-point lead look like fifteen or sixteen if you if you just get hot on the right day.
0: Sean, what's the ceiling for your Red Raiders? We've seen them take down a hot Oklahoma team. You know, we've seen them lose to to Kansas at home. Um, who Kansas has shown us they're not a great team this year. Um, Mac McClung is a player that, depending on, you know, I, I may change my mind about him every thirty seconds of game time. So, what, what's what's the feeling about about the Red Raiders this year? Is is Beard going to pull this thing together and make a deep run?
2: Beard is going to be Beard. Uh, you know, when you had Kansas, you didn't have McCullough. Mm-hmm. And Kevin McCullough is a defensive presence and has that court experience that the other. You, you're, you're trying to... I, I talked to uh, Haslam about this the other day. You cannot catch lightning in a bottle. Matt Mooney and Tariq Owen were lightning in a bottle for the Red Raiders when they went on the run to the national championship. They were the perfect players with the perfect team, with Norris Oviase and etc. And it was the perfect combination, and it gelled immediately. And it took them some time, we, you know, during that, during that uh, championship run. There were times where people were thinking, you know, is this team going to be really good? You got to trust Chris Beard. Chris Beard is going to get the best out of his players. Right now, McCullough's back, and then. Here's the thing: you've got you've got players that he hasn't even touched yet. That are freshmen, you know, that are going really to be influences. I mean, you've got uh, Clarence he who's a, a sophomore, uh, uh, the big Russian Vlad, Tyreek Smith. They've got some players that, as people are struggling, I mean, Mac McClung, big game versus Oklahoma. How many? How many? Shots from the field did he make? Zero. They beat the number nine team in Oklahoma, which they were overrated in my mind. But they beat them without their best player, even though he did get his points by going and doing the, the, the most obvious thing, which is attack the rim, get the call. And that's what he did, and that's how they got it. How you, how you come back versus LSU, you attack them with the press, you attack them with defense. And as this team becomes more defensively sound and stronger, and not, they've been lazy. They have been lazy in, in their defense. And teams like Kansas, the Oklahoma State game, that was a miserable game. The, there was a game where, where Kate Cunningham was just like, well, I'm not going to sit here and do nothing all game. And then you give them the, you know, you, you let them score. you The wins and losses will all come down to, can Chris Beard get these guys to not take breaks? If they can, the Red Raiders could be a Sweet 16 Elite Eight team. If they can't do the the defense, they could be bounced out on the first round.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, And I I actually think I misspoke. Um, in the in the show prep last night, I, I saw I said Mac McClung, you know, showed that clutch gene against Oklahoma. He hit the big three against LSU, right when they came back to win that game. I got those well, two yeah. games mixed well, up. Well, in, in,
2: in LSU, it was three three pointer, hustle rebound, three pointer again, right? And steal, which gives the ball and 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 gets the ball for the go ahead. The go ahead layup. And and by the way, that was an incredible bad beat. Anyone
0: who had yeah, because they actually covered. That was unreal. You didn't have money on that game, did you, Chimp? Chimp, you didn't have money on that game, did you? Oh, I don't.
2: I don't gamble. I don't gamble
3: on the. No, no, he's. I'm talking to to Chimp because
0: that's an SEC matchup. I was wondering if maybe he went.
3: not not on that particular game though. No. But I was so excited Texas Tech won. LSU's the biggest bunch of clowns I've ever seen in my life. I was cheering like hell for Texas Tech. That was a hell of a meltdown too. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was Will Wade Will Wade loses. His team's a bunch of, I'm telling you, they're a bunch of idiots. And uh Texas Tech, I loved it. It was fabulous. <laughs> Well, Alabama broke them. That was one of the things I
1: tweeted about today. I said, yeah, I "Look at the you have the ratings chart that goes down." And I said, "Can you just can you determine the precise moment that LSU I, the analytics I, fell off?" I saw line that. From
3: LSU. Was, I wanted to draw. I wanted to draw a trend line on that and, and show you exactly where it broke because that's my instinct. Anytime I see a chart, I want to draw a trend line on it. So that was a funny tweet. And then I answered it, and I said, at "The very bottom." I said, "Here's the answer."
1: I said. When Alabama's lead at 40
2: in that game. <laughs> and, and Michael, you were talking about Virginia earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's think about one thing with the Cavaliers. How many, if you look at uh, Haslam's site and you look at how they are against the classic first quadrant teams, they're one and two. Yeah. They're one mm-hmm. and two against quadrant, quadrant, wrong mm-hmm. one. I mean, so if you're trying to tell me that they've played anyone, no. I can't trust Virginia. You know, let's, let's look at quadrant one wins by the top teams. Gonzaga has six. Baylor has seven. Then you have the only other teams that are near are Oklahoma and Maryland with five. And then you've got Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, Texas Tech with four wins. You know,
0: but I'm Alabama, sure. la, Alabama has like nine wins against squad one and two teams right now. So, I mean, I'm yeah, a big believer and, and in yeah, just Alabama.
1: A, and just to follow up on that, the Virginia Cavaliers, I looked this up, but, uh, <laughs> shout out to WarrenNolan.com right now. Absolutely. one right now for Kerala For Virginia is uh, two and two with losses to Gonzaga and Virginia Tech wins over Clemson and Notre Dame. Both count as quadrant one. So, whoa, whoa. quadrant one and the quad. Good. Yeah. Beating yeah, right now
0: Notre Dame on the road is Notre quad Dame, one.
1: That is a quad one as of right now. This uh, I think this exposes some of the flaws. I, this is why I'm not a big fan of the quadrants either.
0: Yeah, that's not a. Yet. They're the worst fucking team in the ACC. <laughs> well, have
1: we have we forgotten Wake Forest or Wake Forest or, the, or, or Boston or Boston College? Well, Boston College is actually. I don't know if they're worse than My, Miami. Without Chris Likes is the team I always pick on, but yeah,
0: I. I they actually beat Duke, so what can I say? Yeah, Wake Forest just beat Miami Miami just beat Duke Which, hey, that's a great segue into Let's talk about Duke um, I, I, You know, I tweeted the other day That of the of the Blue Bloods that are struggling And uh, to, to just, you know, insight as to who I was talking about um, Obviously Kansas, Kentucky, Duke And I put Michigan State in there Of those four teams, I thought Duke looked like they were the team that was most likely to turn it around they lose three in a row to Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh Louisville, then they come out you know, they, they get I guess they get right, quote unquote um, at home against Georgia Tech and Clemson and I'm, I'm starting to get the, here they go, this is going to be where they turn it around and they, they get to the tournament as like a six seed and, and run to the final four and everybody blows Coach K at half court quarter Cameron um, for, for six and a half months but then they go down to Coral Gables and they lose by two to a Miami team that doesn't have Chris Likes. And I'm standing here wondering what the hell went wrong. And I, I don't really have an answer. So I guess we'll go we'll go Eric. Um, yeah. We'll go Eric first and let us know what the analytics are telling him. And then we'll go Sean with the eye test. And then we'll go Chimp with Coach K-Hate just to make me feel better.
1: Well, Duke is Duke is right now forty seventh in the analytics, which is kind of a shocker considering uh, where they started off. But it, you know, one of the things I talked about is that I don't think they're the worst of all these blue bloods that are that are struggling. I think uh, Kentucky obviously is six games below five hundred. Michigan State has been a hot mess they've they've had flashes that they but i mean that's the one i really don't understand michigan state i thought was going to be you you lose cassius winston Mm -hmm. you lose xavier tillman but you bring back a lot of the supporting cast from a team that was very successful and they Mm -hmm. just have not been able to play together with duke i get it a little bit more because this was the first time in a while that the recruiting class for Krzyzewski wasn't all that spectacular you remember two years ago we talked about this a little bit last night That the year with Zion, they had number one, number two, number three, number seventeen, and that was that was Barrett, that was Williamson, that was Reddish, and that was Jones. Um, This year, they just did not have that kind of quality recruiting class coming in, and so it reminded me a little bit of what you've seen from Calipari in his Kentucky Wildcats the last three or four years. It's a colossal mess in November. It's a colossal. It's kind of a mess in December. And then they get better as, as March approaches. Well, you know, unfortunately, you're just not seeing it. And, and although they're, they're still above 500, they're 7-6 compared to, like, Kentucky being 5-11, you know, you just it, you see some flashes there, and then they just can't follow it up. And all of a sudden you have a, a game where you, you, you beat down Clemson by 26. Great. Is this the Duke team we're going to see? And then you come back, you go to Miami, Who's correct me if I'm wrong, playing without Chris likes in that game and they yep. lose that
0: game. Not um, not only Chris likes, they're playing without Matt Cross in that game as well.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, and that's outrageous. That shouldn't happen. Um, so when you look at this, you look at the analytics, the analytics are gonna try to take the emotion out of it. And they go, they're they're put at number 47 right now. I get that, but then there's people out there with bracketology saying that Duke is second, you know, second team out, third team out, and I look at that and I laugh. And I go, they're nowhere close. They should be nowhere close right now. Um, they, they just haven't done enough with their resume. They don't haven't done enough in the performance rankings. This has just been a disappointing season, top to bottom. And I just don't see unless they make some sort of run and they find their ceiling, they find that potential that was there at the start of the season. It's <laughs> it's looking like NIT right now for Duke at best. But you never know. Things change.
0: Sean, if, if they finish above five hundred, is there any way that the committee doesn't give them an at-large bid? That's a hard question to answer, Michael,
2: because I don't see them winning more than three out of their next nine games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so you're 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 ten and twelve at that point, right? So how do you how do you how do you say, yep, yeah, a ten twelve a ten win Duke is is better than you know uh, twenty two or uh, better
0: than a 22-win Drake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you uh, you still have to be, unless anything's changed, you still have to be over 500 to be eligible. Is that correct? <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'm going to assume that's still correct. No. Chimp, how much are you just bathing in, in sunlight right now that Coach K is struggling like he is?
3: <laughs> I can't even tell you. It's just, <laughs> Just pure joy, pure joy. I mean, the shitty world we're living in, you know, so many bad things happening. But Duke, it's been uplifting for me. It's just a beautiful thing. Every time they lose, I just – it just it feels so good. I, you know, but in all seriousness, I mean, the bottom line is if you watch them, they're just not that good. Yeah. I mean, you know, people want to talk about Matthew Hurd and, and the, the – the, Jalen, whoever, I don't know. They're just not that good, period. I watched the entire Miami game, and, you know, we talked eye test earlier. I watched that team play, not a tournament team, period.
0: So before we get wrapped up tonight, we're going to do something a little bit back-ass words from what we typically do, and we're going to put the chimp in the bonus. So for those of you who may be listening tonight, um, Typically, how we round up the show is the chimp will, will quote-unquote put our guest in the bonus, ask him a seven-pack of questions that are basically completely random and we get us to know, you know our guests on more of a personal level as opposed to a professional level or a Twitter profile level. Um, I will go first for the chimp. I will ask the classic question that always gets asked on this show, and that is if they were to make a movie about your life, what would it be called, and who would play you in that movie?
3: Oh, boy. Um, geez, I asked this question to everybody, and I don't even have an answer for myself. <laughs> uh, uh, Pam, let me go. I, I, I'll circle back is what's her name. Yeah. I'm
0: going cir- to circle back. He's hitting Path. He's, it's like Family Feud.
3: Yeah, no yeah, yeah, Well, I can tell you the name. It would be, um, what's the line?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Chip, favorite car you've ever owned? Um, the, My first car? It was a uh, Cutlass Supreme? No. <laughs>
0: it was also my first car. That was also my first car. Really? Yes, sir. It was a uh, green,
3: uh, tannish cream, and it was, I mean, it was horror on wheels, but I absolutely loved that car. Fantastic. had a nice little uh, pine tree air freshener hanging there. It was beautiful.
0: I had black ice.
3: Nice. All right, all right. Uh, Chimp, I think uh, you have an appreciation
1: of, uh, of movies as I do. I've seen some of your tweets. So here comes the question, and, and this there's there there is only one answer here. and Michael knows the answer to this one. Oh. Uh, greatest greatest movie villain of all time.
0: <laughs> I do know the answer to this one. <clears throat> greatest movie
1: villain. Um... And then I'll have Michael tell. And then I'll Michael give me the correct answer unless you provide
3: it here. Although maybe you'll only come up with something better. Well, my my movie knowledge is very limited. It, it's more I'm more of a comedy guy, as you know. Um, uh, probably, uh, you know, this is going to sound like a totally stupid answer, but I'm going to say the Duke Brothers, Randolph and Ortegra. <laughs> you know, that's my answer. It's oh, not oh, the right answer that's a God.
0: solid answer, though.
3: It's a good. It's a good answer. Though. I love
0: it. The the answer that Eric is looking for is Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop. Yes, an <laughs> <laughs> <No, I've never laughs> <seen> it is. Never seen
1: out from that, the 80, eighty-seven, Michael and I said David made this little Clarence Bodicker doll with a shotgun. and I yeah. said, I nah, 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 put nah. it on Twitter and said, if anybody wants to give me a Christmas present, yeah, here and make my day, <laughs> actually, yeah, Clarence Bodicker doll, and, said, me and I will sit that there. You'll see me on these podcasts. I'm
0: Clarence Bodicker sitting there. <laughs> my my second my second, second question for the chimp. my second question for the chimp is you win a raffle and the prize is dinner with Tracy Wolfson where are you taking her for dinner oh we're going chilies, Chili's no
3: doubt (laughs) (laughs) cheap ass beer and margaritas oh my family loves Chili's I I love Chili's Chili's too and we're sitting at the bar we're not getting a boo we're sitting at the bar me and
0: Tracy oh. So I used to love Chili's They used to have nachos Where it, they, they, they took the time To put like a jalapeno medallion On every single chip on the plate Like somebody sat in the back And put like equal toppings You ever see the movie Casino Where De Niro goes in the oh. back And complains about the, the, the blueberry yeah. muffin Like somebody at the Chili's butter. did that yeah, Yeah, there needs to be an equal amount of blueberries in my muffin. And somebody at Chili's used to do that at the Chili's in Bangor, Maine, where every chip looked exactly the same. It was beautiful. So I'm a big fan of Chili's as well. (laughs) Nice. Okay, my second question. It's going to be a little dark, but I'm sure the chip can handle this. (laughs) You win a
2: raffle, and you are able to write Coach K's tombstone. The epitaph on Coach Kate's tombstone.
3: What do you write? I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> or I might just do what Bobby Knight did and just tell the entire world, you know, bury me upside down and kiss my ass one to two. Something like that. But I, I would just say I, I was an asshole because he is. The guy's an asshole. No. <laughs>
1: Ah, thank you for, for for picking. I knew you'd take that just in the right way. I, so I, I actually met him. I was, I was the W.H. Brady Scholar at South Milwaukee High School in 1992. They took a female and a male athlete, and they, they named the, the, the Scholar Athletes. And we, we had a dinner in Milwaukee, and the, the honored guest, the, the keynote speaker, was Coach K. Nice. And I've got a picture of me. Uh, a 17 year old oh. version of myself shaking coach k's hand wearing a, wearing some sweater vest or some shit out of 19 you've one. got to tweet that
0: out virgin of you or year old version of you virgin you've got to tweet that picture out find hmm.
1: it i mean that's that's worth
0: that's worth five thousand followers right there the like the, the duke yeah. armor will run to you
1: if, if i wanted to I think it's in this box back here. I think I can find it. I want to say this. Every time you tweet a picture
3: out, I save it. Just so you know. <laughs> I know. And
1: then all of a sudden, you're putting me on the presidential ticket with Blake Lovell. Absolutely. And you got to realize that Blake is the, is the, the top half of that ticket. I am just there in a supporting
0: role. Oh, Blake, is, Blake would get all of the votes. Like... Yeah, I'm I I'm Hillary Swank, not Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, I'll, I'll let you ask the last question. We'll get wrapped up here. All
1: right, uh, uh, I'll throw this one out there. You're you're uh, Chip, You're playing a board game, and you're and you're having a drink. What's what's the board game you're playing, and what are you drinking?
3: Oh, board game, probably Monopoly, and the drink would be. Now, if you would have asked me this ten or fifteen years ago, it would have been Grey Goose on the rocks, maybe a lime, maybe not. But now, probably, probably some, probably just bourbon on the rocks. Uh, and I would, I would, I know you guys are bourbon experts, so I probably need to, to to DM you guys to get some bourbon recommendations. But I'm going Monopoly and bourbon on the rocks. And I'm, and I'm drinking gin, again. You, you,
1: you hear me talk about brand new old fashions, but I'm
3: drinking gin right now. I drink gin martinis
1: just like my parents taught me, on the rocks. So that's uh, I guess that would be my my drinking choice. No, that's sir.
0: Gorgeous. No, no sir. They're in
1: there. They're in there. They're there. They
0: are. Not ever. Not ever. Never. I mean, I am, I'm a guy who, who enjoys the drink, and that shit, those pine needles do never pass my lips.
1: Oh, but it's how you feel, Michael. This is the way I would say it. I would say, give it a chance. I said because when you try a gin martini, you're gonna take that first sip and you go, "This is terrible." I said, but let it let
0: it's on the Let it wash let the over you. So get, it, let it wash over you. Give it time. To sip <laughs> it, by the time you're 30 minutes in, and you're finishing
1: off that last sip. You look at this and go, "Life is good, man." Why it's is nice.
0: everything so fuzzy? <clears throat> <laughs> well that's what you have for them. <laughs> that's right guys, I appreciate you taking the time it was fun to get uh, the four of us together something I've wanted to do all season I'm glad we could make it appreciate happen you um, yeah. Sean, you know you have a fantastic podcast let everybody know what it is, where they can find it uh,
2: it's real easy it's on the Mic with Sean Dillon. we've got incredible uh, guests I've had everyone from uh billionaire author David Rubenstein on recently to the tap dancer from I can see you, um, I can hear you, see your voice, uh, and it's really easy, you go to beyondthemike.com.
1: Hey Sean, I gotta jump in there, if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell anybody that you, you've
0: uh, Dominique Wilkins' uh, niece,
1: reviewed, <laughs> the, the correct answer is the man who played Franz Sanchez yes. in, uh, in uh, License to Kill. Which is, and, and, and everybody knows, that's, Robert is a crowd. Robert Dobby. Dobby. Yeah, yes. I've, got,
2: I've had uh, Alex Winter from Bill & Ted.
0: Corbin uh, Burnson. You
2: know, yeah. Corbin Bernson, uh comedian Jeremiah Watkins. Um, I've gotten all, okay, now the one that I got the most uh, flack for was Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model jasmine wilkins gorgeous but we got to talk yeah we got to talk jazz and i got to talk uh, basketball about uncle dominique
0: now is is nice. that like uh is that gerald's daughter or who who's her father
2: yeah, that, that's gerald's daughter gerald's
0: daughter okay <clears throat> and dad, she
2: was talking she was talking about what's going on in, in his world uh tso's al petrelli i mean It's a who's who of of people, and I just love having conversations and talking with people and getting to to know behind, you know, my personal favorite was Jeremy Piven because I asked him (laughs) about PCU, and his eyes lit up, because he's like, why is it that everyone wants to, you know, the goods in PCU, they they all want to hear, you know, anytime I do anything, it's not like,
0: what's my, what's the uh, stuff you're doing right now? No, it's the goods in PCU. I wasn't a big fan of the goods, but PCU is a classic. Um, John Favreau um, (laughs) being asked to blow an old lady where the pampers is is one of the classic scenes (laughs) because he's baked out of his mind in an alley. It's fantastic. You
2: know, having to explain to my to uh, mom who is like, "Well, who do you have on this week?" Well, I have RZA. Who's RZA? Well, he's from the Wu Tang Clan. Who? No, the Wu Pang Clan, Mom. Are you gonna have any uh, authors or anyone that I would know? Uh, this is not good enough for you, Mom. I,
0: you know, I, would love my personal favorite is when um, people interview comedians because comedians are uh, their mentality is not like the same as as yeah they've had they've typically because I listen to one of my favorite podcasts in the world as as uh, Bobby Kelly's YKWD and They're so they're, they're almost tragic figures like they've all gone through some kind of Emotional trauma in their life that makes them kind of weird. So uh, comedians are always some of my favorite interviews um, Eric Everybody knows who you are and what you do but go ahead and give us a plug as, as far as your work and is there any kind of expansion going on for Haslametrics in the future?
1: Should I should I give the old plug that I give at the end of the racquet twenty? Absolutely, absolutely. Old, old, as always, everybody can find me. Uh, my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter, like going #AnalyticallyFinal at, at Haslametrics. And yes, you did talk about plug. Uh, there was a thought that. Uh, um, you you actually believe that I was I had
0: jumped in, uh, had I burst did. into the realm the realm of college football and
1: that is on the horizon possibly I just need to find the motivation um, that would be I've had people ask me before and say is there anything you do besides college basketball do you do the NBA and I said no I don't do the NBA because I've cared about the NBA since since Jordan and Carl Malone. Um, but I said if there was anything I'd like to tackle it would be college football and that's a, a possibility you never know i've actually got the uh, the guy who created my new logo this offseason i told him i said create a football one for me as well and he did nice um, so i've got that in my hip, hip pocket in case i want to do it uh, just need to find the motivation we'll see what happens when when spring arrives and summer arrives if i find that motivation this year, otherwise i'll just kick can down the road another year and you know Live, live on my laurels of college basketball and see where that goes.
0: Well, I'm sure that there are people out there waiting with bated breath. I am not one of them because I pay about as much attention to college football <laughs> as you do to the NBA. So with that, I thank you guys for joining us. Chimp, you're the man. Um, I guess uh, we'll see everybody again next week, and uh, we'll have to do this again in the future. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Michael. Have a
0: good one, guys. You. So that was myself, uh, the Chimp, Sean Dillon, the original architect of The Rockin' 25, and of course Eric Haslam, the founder and owner of Haslametrics.com, um, three of my favorite people to do radio with, and, and by radio I mean podcasting obviously, but um, I mean to get those three guys on a call and just, I mean basically that's, just a, that's, a, that's a conversation that you have at a bar right there. Like, that's, that's four guys who have respect for each other And just having a good time Talking about college basketball And, I you know, for me That's kind of a throwback to what ACC Basketball Report's all about That's kind of why I started this show Just to give a real take And not um, placate to any particular um, association or, or channel or or political stance Or school or, or anything like that Obviously we're ACC-centric um, But... You know this group is not afraid to go to go nationwide, and I appreciate Eric and Sean taking the time to join the chimp and I. um, You know, put the uh, put the super band together, as I refer to the four of us. So uh, that was a great time, one of the one of the most fun shows I've I've had since starting ACCBR three or four years ago. So don't forget like, rate, review, share the podcast, get it out there, spread the word. This is the best ACC centric podcast. Available to you guys on a weekly basis, Uh, we have the best guests, we have the funniest hosts, we have the funniest guests, we have the most knowledgeable guests um, as far as writers, parents, uh, media people and other Uh, Prognosticators So uh, I'm thankful for everybody that that Takes the time to appear on the show And we're going to continue to crank out that great content I appreciate all you guys, I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl I hope Tom Brady gets his seventh I'm a Patriots fan at heart But I'm also a fan of TB12 Tom Terrific, he's my boy, later